Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Jesse. It's uh, Pastor Swap Sunday, so um, your fine, beautiful pastor is off at uh, Balfour. Uh, Jason is out at uh, Junction, and uh, I get to be here, so uh, thankful to be here this morning, and good to see a lot of uh, familiar faces and some uh, new faces as well. Uh, we are going to talk this morning on this passage in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says this, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you that you are here. And we thank you that you uh, love us and we thank you that you uh, desire to connect and to build and to challenge and to encourage us. And so, Father, by your Holy Spirit, may you do your work in our hearts, and may you uh, use this time as your Spirit wills. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this passage in Ephesians chapter 6 is a super important passage, and it's one of those texts that uh, we could probably, uh, we do need to be reminded of often in, in, in our lives. Uh, God has designed us, I don't know if this clicker is working, Maybe not. Back to the hand signal. Yeah. Anyways, if you get that thing forwarded, uh, God has designed us like a light bulb. In terms of a uh, light bulb needs power in order to shine. Uh, If you take a light bulb and you just kind of sit it down uh, by itself, uh, it doesn't really do a lot. It's not very helpful. Uh, It's not, doesn't, add a lot of brilliance to the world. A light bulb needs to be screwed into a power socket. It needs uh, electricity for it to operate. And we're very much like this light bulb. This is how God designed us. Uh, If we try to live our lives apart from Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit, our power source, we're not going to be very effective in this world in terms of lighting up this world. Uh, We are... Designed like a light bulb, we need to be plugged into God in order to have strength and power. And sometimes you might think that you have strength in yourself. And sometimes we might feel strong, uh, maybe a long time since you spend time with God. Uh, maybe you're not even a Christian here today, and you're just like, you know, I'm pretty strong in myself. And sometimes we may feel strong in ourselves, but the reality is, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says, the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And so when even we think we're at our strongest and our best, that's still weakness compared to what God can do in our lives. And we don't want to be living our lives in our own strength, which is actually actually weakness. We want to be living in the strength and power of God. We want to be that light bulb that is fully screwed into the socket, shining brightly. And the way that happens is to be strong in the Lord. This text does not tell us to be strong in ourselves. It says to be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. And there's a lot of need for strength in this world we live in. We live in a very broken world. There is the the broken world around us and there's the broken world in us. Uh, We get hurt in this world. People are messy. Uh, relationships can be extremely difficult. Work can be challenging. There's thorns and thistles uh, wherever you're working. Uh, Life can be hard. 
there's bad news we get from the doctor. There are uh, difficult situations. I just did a funeral for an 18-year-old girl yesterday. Uh, this world is very broken. It's very difficult. Uh, we need strength. But it's not just the fallen world around us, but it's the fallen world in us. Uh, we as well hurt people. Uh, we as well think things that we shouldn't and we do things we shouldn't and, and we get into situations where we're just, why am I so broken? There's the broken world around us, there's the broken world in us, but not only that, in context of this passage, there, is, uh, there are evil spiritual beings that are fighting against us, making our lives more difficult. In the context of this passage, it says this, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And so this text is actually saying we need to be strong, not primarily because of the broken world out there and in us, but because of evil spiritual beings. It says that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, we live in a Western society, uh, so we need often to kind of take off our Western glasses and actually live out a biblical worldview, which means the spiritual world is very much alive. Which is funny for us as Christians because we believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father, but sometimes when it comes to these evil spiritual beings, we kind of put them on the shelf. But to have a biblical worldview is a reality that our battle, this text says, is not primarily about flesh and blood, but it's about evil forces, demons, Satan, fallen evil spiritual beings that are at work in this world affecting more than we realize. When there's a fight in your marriage, you can be sure that there are evil spiritual beings encouraging and tempting and pushing because the desire of the enemy, it says in John chapter 10, is to kill, steal, and destroy. And so we are in a world where we need a lot of strength. Uh, and we can find that strength from God. And we see the statistics tell us we're in a world that needs a lot of strength. Uh, Stats Can actually says that 23% of Canadians aged 15 and older reported that most days were quite a bit or extremely stressful. That's like one in every four person. It's like every day they say, my life is stressful. Uh, we need strength. We're living in a broken world. Uh, one in five Canadian teens has seriously considered attempting suicide in the previous year. It's a very difficult world for young people to grow up in. We need strength. Uh, how about you this morning? Uh, are you strong in the Lord this morning? Uh, do you feel the strength of the Holy Spirit flowing through your body? Or uh, do the stresses of life seem bigger than your capacity to handle it? Now, all of us are going to have times when this is true. There will be moments in our life where, man, it just doesn't seem like we can make it through the day because something big is coming down the pipe or there are some issues that are ginormous in our life and, and we can't, can't handle it on our own. But if this is every day where it's just like the stresses of life are so big that I just can't handle it, and this is day in, day out, day in, if you're in that category of every single day is just stressful for me, what happens in those situations is it is really hard to be effective in the kingdom when you're constantly pushed down by life. 
Because when you're constantly pushed down by life and under uh, the, the strain of life, it is very hard to be outward focused. Because all your energy is just spent trying to make it through the day. All your energy is just trying to get to the next step in, in terms of our mission of loving Jesus and loving people and seeing lives transformed. We can't even get there because we can barely get through our own struggles. Book of Jeremiah puts it this way. If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, in other words, it's just each and every day is wearing you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble in safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? And God is wanting us to play in the thickets by the Jordan. God is wanting us to run with the horses. But if we can't even manage our own day and it's just impossible to get through, it is very hard to be on mission with the horses because we can't even manage our own stress. And again, this is why we need strength in the Lord. Because if we live by our own strength, we're not going to be playing with the horses out in the field. We're going to be just struggling each and every day. And again, all of us, no matter how spiritual you are and filled with the Holy Spirit, are going to have days when you're struggling. But we need to be people who are on mission, filled with the power of God, so we can get out into the thickets and compete with the horses. And I want to look a little bit at the life of the Apostle Paul. Because, I mean, you might think you have it tough. And I know some of you are in really difficult situations right now. But Paul as well was one of those guys who was in a very, very difficult situation. And it's amazing what he went through and he didn't quit. Listen to his story. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, and that's kind of Roman style, not Kootenai style. Uh, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I have been danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I mean, he was getting it from every side. The people who were, lo- who were supposed to be loving him were against him, and, and, uh, and, and the country, and he's shipwrecked and beaten, uh, which a lot of times uh, was almost to the point of death. He's, he says, I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. And even Paul felt stress in his job. And sometimes we're going to feel stress from our job. I mean, here's a guy who went through a lot, but that's, that's not it because the Bible also tells us this in 2 Corinthians. And this is Paul speaking again. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our own ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. I mean, you talk about pressure, uh, despairing even of life. Indeed, our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. 
And we know in 2 Corinthians 12, it says, there was given me, Paul says, a, a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, whether that was uh, uh, persecution or physical sickness that's debated. Either way, Paul went through a lot in his life. I tell you, if I were Paul, I would quit. I think I'd leave ministry and go back to being a mechanic. And I think, you know, Rick would go back to being a pilot or something like that. I mean, I mean that's a lot. But, you know, Paul did not quit. Despite everything he went through, despite how hard his life was, he did not quit. He did not shrink back. He didn't say, I'm going to work less hard. I mean, this guy just kept going and going and going. I mean, what was it that energized him? Well, he wrote in our text, be strong in the Lord. Because you can bet he can do that on his own strength. None of us could. But when the Lord's strength is in us, when we are strong in God, it is amazing what we can do with our lives. Paul says this at the end of his life, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He did not give up. And there may be times when he was questioning things, but he did not give up. He was one that was able to run with the horses. He was able to get out into the thicket of the Jordan because he was filled with the power of God. How about you? Are you filled with the power of God this morning? Paul got a strength from connection and intimacy with Jesus. We see this pretty clear. First Timothy, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. He didn't get, didn't get strength from himself. He wasn't like, I did this on my own power. He said, I, I thank God that I get my strength from Jesus. This is, this is the way we get through life. Because again, life can be hard and there's so much ministry and so much need out there that we need to be filled with God's power in order to live effectively. We see in 2 Timothy, it says, is Paul writing again? Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will pay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my first events, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. Now, what a mature statement that is. He knows the maturity he has emotionally his own friends deserting him. And he's not bitter. He's not angry. He's not like, you guys are. He says, may it not be held against him. I really hope forgiveness flows from your heart. I really hope you're not carrying bitterness in your heart, even when those who have close to you have deserted you. There is freedom that comes from living clean and forgiving people. Paul knew that. But this is tough. I mean, this metal worker did him a great deal of harm. We don't, don't know what exactly what it was. His friends desert him. That's a tough situation. But notice what he says. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. And you can see Paul in his despair when everybody else has deserted him going into the presence of God and saying, God, I need your strength right now. And God loves to answer a hungry heart and God shows up and he is strengthening he strengthens Paul and he can strengthen you and he can strengthen me when we're in those moments of absolute despair when everyone else in this world has deserted us Jesus promises he will never leave you nor forsake you there's incredible strength in in Jesus 
We see Jesus himself uh, leaned on the strength of the Father in his life. Before he was approaching the cross, we see Jesus going in to the Garden of Gethsemane. It said Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. You see, one of the ways we are strengthened in the Lord is through prayer. Paul, uh, or Jesus, knowing what was coming down the pipe, says to the disciples, you guys need to be praying because things are about to get tough. Notice Jesus didn't say, you know, it doesn't matter what you guys do. You don't have to pray. You don't have to do anything because God's going to strengthen you anyways. It doesn't work that way. Pray that you won't fall into temptation. And so it says he withdrew about a stone's throw away. He knelt down and prayed. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. Jesus understood something. That being strengthened in God is not something that is usually automatic. Now, there are times when God in his grace, (laughs) despite us, will just pour supernatural strength on our lives. But most of the time throughout the scripture, this idea of being strong in God is a conditional promise. And that is you have to do something in order to receive God's strength. And one of those things that Jesus understood was prayer. Jesus going into the most darkest, painful, horrible moment anybody could ever imagine knew he needed strength from the Father. He goes to pray. I hope you're someone who talks to Jesus a lot. Throughout your day, in the morning, you're just constantly in conversation with the God of this universe because when we speak to him, when we pray, there is something that supernaturally strengthens us. Prayer really does change us. And so we see this in Jesus. Jesus needed strength. And if Jesus needs strength, I tell you, we need strength. Paul needed strength. We need strength. We can look through all the great heroes of the Bible and we see this theme throughout the whole entire scripture. All of the heroes of the faith were people who knew where to find strength. They didn't find it in themselves. They found it in God. Moses said, the Lord is my strength and my defense. Jeremiah, Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in time of distress. Jeremiah, the Lord, uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Habakkuk, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. We look at uh, David. It is God who arms me with strength. Uh, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. You remember that time, you may remember in 1 Samuel when David and his men returned to their, their hometown and they found that it had been take, taken captive. All the wives and children had been taken away. And it says David was greatly distressed, as he should be, but also because the men were talking of stoning him. I mean, he comes back, and uh, this is kind of the immature way of handling life. You always blame someone else, and this is what his men do. They blame David. It's David's fault. They wanted to kill him. Uh, Not only did his wife and children get taken, but his own men want to kill him. Again, that's a pretty difficult situation. 
Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But then it says this, but David found strength in the Lord, his God. David knew where to go for strength. Uh, Do you? Uh, What do you run to when you have that day like David when everything goes wrong? Because I tell you, we are living in a society that spends a lot of time trying to numb. We just like to numb ourselves through shopping and alcohol and Netflix. And we just try to numb those emotions rather than, you know, uh, getting out into the horses in the thicket of the Jordan by being strengthened by God. David knew where to go. He goes and finds strength in, in the Lord. God did not design us to live on our own strength. In 1 Peter 4, it has this interesting verse. It says, if anyone serves, or we could put this, if anyone lives, <laughs> they should do so with the strength God provides. You notice that? That we're to live out of the strength God provides. Can you say that about yourself? That I am living out of the strength God provides. Or you're like, well, it's kind of me and some of God, or it's just kind of me. And This is the way we're designed. Again, we're designed like that light bulb. We need to be plugged into power, and that power is a deep, rich relationship with God. Uh, we are not to live on our own strength, but with the strength God provides. That's how Paul did it. In 2 Corinthians 4, it says, God has made this light shine in our hearts so we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. Do you know that about yourself? We're like fragile clay jars. Uh, No wonder we're so broken at times. No wonder why we can't handle life in moments. Because we're just this broken jar. It's not very useful. Even leaks. I mean, and hair falls out when you get old. I mean, there's all kinds of problems in these broken jars. And the stress of life gets too big. But God didn't just design you to live as a broken clay jar. He wants to put something in that broken clay jar that revolutionizes your life. And this is what it says. We ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this treasure. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Paul could say this. Paul would say, it is clear that my power is not from me, it's from God. How about you when you look at your life? Is that something you can say? That my power is from God, it's not not from myself. I'm just a clay pot that's broken. But there's this amazing power in my life that revolutionizes the way I look at this world. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. You notice Paul's not saying this in sort of la-la Disneyland kind of world. Because that's not the world we're living on. It's the kind of world we wish we were living in. But as soon as you get involved in people's lives in a community like this, you realize that life can be really hard. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are hunted down but never abandoned. We get knocked down but we are not destroyed. Why? Because we're so strong in our own cracked up pots? No. No. Because there is a light inside 
that is stronger than anything we can face. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. In Jesus, uh, in Matthew chapter 4, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus says here that we are to be living on two things, food and God. I think all of us know what happens when you go for very long without food. If you ever tried to spend time fasting, or maybe there was just nothing in the fridge, so you didn't want to make anything, uh, we know that if we start going without food, we get very weak and we get cranky and we get tired and uh, we just want to eat because we have no strength. That's the physical world, but that's the same in the spiritual world. When you go very long without feasting on God, you get cranky, you get weak, you feel like you don't have any power. We are to live on two sources, physical food to meet our physical body, spiritual food so that we can be strong in this in this world uh so so this if you want strength from food you need to intentionally eat it if you want strength from god you need to intentionally spend time receiving strength from him you see we don't just walk through this world and just like food automatically just doesn't appear on our belly you know, God doesn't just drop McDonald's fries into our mouth as we walk throughout the day, so that'd be nice because I like McDonald's fries. Uh, but we actually have to intentionally eat. You got to intentionally make food. You got to sit down and, and intentionally eat it. It actually, you actually have to do something to receive physical strength. And this is the same in the spirit. If you want to receive spiritual strength, it takes intentionality. Again, most of the time we th- see strength from God as a conditional promise. Again, there are some times when God just supernaturally shows up and you're strong even though you didn't do a thing. Most of the time, it's going to take some intentionality. Uh, Isaiah 40, those who wait upon the Lord, that's something you do. You wait, you trust, you lean in, you press in, you hunger, you thirst. Those are the ones who will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Until you go without physical food, you're going to be faint and weary. You go without spiritual food, you will be faint and you'll be weary in a different way. Be strong in the Lord requires intentionality. We are like a rechargeable battery. You charge up one of those little guys, you stick it in a flashlight, Man, it shines pretty good for a little while. But then eventually, that battery gets weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker till it's dead. Now, for that battery to get power again, I mean, you don't yell at it. You actually have to put it back in the charger. And it's got to spend some time in the charger. I tell you, we are like that battery. We need to spend time in the charger in order for us to have power. That's time in the presence, intentionally in the presence of God, seeking his face. Uh, We're like a sponge. Can you wring out a sponge because you're washing something? All of a sudden, there's no more water. Can't do much. 
That sponge has to intentionally sit in the water to absorb water again so that it can be useful. And it's the same with us. We need to spend time intentionally, if you will, absorbing, absorbing the strength of God. Filling again our sponge. Uh, you can say we're like a glow and we got a dark sticker. Same idea. They shine for a little while, but then they need to be recharged. Just like us. Are you spending time in the charger? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Are you intentionally living your life so that can be that way? Uh, Jeremiah 17 says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Again, this is the intentional part. This is our part. We trust in God. We have our confidence in him. We look to him. And this is the result of that promise. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. This is a green tree. Again, this green tree is not in Disneyland. Drought. Difficult times. But it's green. How? How can we be green in difficult times? How can we be full of light in difficult times? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, intentionally absorbing strength from God. And we're just going to finish with a couple ways we can do this. There are lots of ways you can strengthen yourself in God, but here are just some ways that the Bible says. Worship is a big one. And I'm talking about worship in the terms of what we do here, music, or at home on YouTube, uh, uh, worship through music. Uh, Psalm 89, happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Now, that's our part. We hear the call, we respond to that call, and then it says this, the promise is, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation. They exalt in your righteousness. You are their glorious strength. It pleases you to make us strong. Do you realize this actually makes God happy to give you strength? He's like, yes, I want to give you so much strength. Here's this, this big platter of food for you. I want to give you so much strength. Pull up, grab a chair. But the problem is we're often too busy to grab a chair and pull up. Often we're too busy numbing ourselves through other things in this world than to pull up and receive the real strength that we actually need. Worship is one of those ways we pull up. When you gather here to sing, this is not just the prelude to the message, but this is a time when you pause and you just open your heart to him and you are like a sponge soaking yourself in that water, receiving that strength once again. Uh, you are their glorious strength. Worship, living a kingdom life. Do you know obedience results in strength? Second Chronicles 16, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those. Again, remember, it's, it, it makes it ha God happy to strengthen you. And he's looking throughout the world. He's looking, who can I strengthen today? Oh, I want to make someone so strong today. Who can I find? But notice, Again, this is a conditional promise. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen though who? Those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Wow, there's someone living a kingdom life. Oh, I've 
I'm going to just strengthen them. I want to pour out strength. There's someone pulling up to me. They're hungry for me. I want to strengthen them. This is a conditional promise. Deuteronomy 11, observe, therefore, all the commands I have given you today so that you may have strength. There's actually the strength that comes when you just decide, you know what, I'm actually just going to live a kingdom life all time. My time, energy, money, just every day, I'm just going to live for the kingdom. I think there's no more fun way to live than that, but also there is the supernatural strength that comes uh, when you just decide, hey, I'm actually going to be full in. Not half in, not a quarter in, but just actually just full in. There is the supernatural strength that comes. Uh, connecting with other followers of Jesus, uh, 1 Samuel 23, Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. I mean, David being a man after God's own heart was in a moment where he was so down in the dumps, he couldn't even find strength in God himself. And there are times when life gets so incredibly hard that on our own strength, we just can't find strength in God. We are so down, we can't even have the strength to do anything. And this is where you need someone who can come alongside you and say, I'm going to help you find strength in God in this moment. And I hope all of you have at least one person in your life, a friend, a brother, or sister in Christ, whom if you're in that moment where I can't even find strength in my moment, that they could come over and help you find strength in God. You are not meant to live life on your own. It's just silly to do that. We need other people. Uh, the word of God. Again, uh, Jesus said, we don't live on bread alone, but in every word of God. Uh, John 6 says, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are they're life. They're life. Again, when you open up the Bible and you begin to read, those words are life. I mean, maybe your physical body at that moment's not being entertained because maybe you're a little bit bored or what, but there's something that when you read the word of God, it nourishes your spirit and your soul. Just like you sit down and you sometimes have to eat stuff you're not necessarily fond of, you know, salad or something like that. Sometimes your physical body's not necessarily fond of the word of God in that moment. And you're like, I'd rather be doing other things. But you sit down and you just begin to read. Those words are life. They just supernaturally begin to strengthen you as you read. This is why we need to be people who are in our, our, our Bibles. Uh, devotional time. I won't spend a lot of time on this, but we need to be spending time. Again, strength comes, for the most part, from intentionally seeking God. Devotional times are one of the best ways to do that. This is the way I often do mine. I set an appointment. I set an appointment. We set appointments for those things that are important in this life. Uh, you set appointments for things you hate, like the dentist, right? <laughs> uh, things you don't want to go to. <laughs> uh, or a pastoral visit or whatever. I don't know what it is. But we set appointments for those things that we don't really enjoy. How much more should we set appointments for those things that are really important in life? You know, if you don't set an appointment, often just other things will get in the way. In fact, if you don't set an appointment, Satan will make sure other things get in the way. Just set an appointment, even if it's just 10 minutes in the morning or just start small. Don't start, I'm going to do an hour a day because you'll probably give up if you start that big. Uh, start small, just set an appointment and then just spend some time in worship. And I think this is super important. Just go on YouTube. There's amazing worship bands out there. Just worship. Some, some worship just sets your heart into the right place. 
Spend time in thanksgiving and confession. Uh, pray about what's on your heart and mind uh, before you start reading the Bible. Then when you don't get distracted and your mind's not jumping all over the place. Pray, read your Bible, listen to God. Journal is super helpful just to journal. It keeps your mind focused. It keeps you from being distracted. But is there a time during the week that like that rechargeable battery, you intentionally sit in the charger? Sunday morning is one of those times. This is important what we do here. You are sitting in the charger this morning so that you can go out. But this is not enough because again, this world can beat you up. You need to be in that charger as much as possible throughout that week and a devotional time is one of the ways you can do that. Lastly, and there's lots of other things you can do, but uh, resting in his presence. Uh, Matthew 11 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. A big part of our faith is just learning to rest. To rest in the finished work of Jesus. But we in our Western culture are busy Everything is ringing and dinging and chasing and running after us and it is hard to find any time and we have lost for the most part the ability to actually just to rest and actually to receive. Even in our devotional times, we always think we have to be doing stuff. I need to be worshiping. I need to be reading. I need to be praying. I need to be doing, doing, doing. Do you know any good relationship always involves giving and receiving of love? Every good relationship has giving and receiving a love. And it's no different with a relationship with God. A good relationship with God is where you learn to give love to God and receive love. And there are moments when you just need to stop doing and actually just receive. You remember Peter? Jesus is gonna wash Peter's feet and Peter's like, no, 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 I can't receive from you. Jesus says, you need to. We need to have those times where we actually just intentionally receive. Where you're not singing, where you're not praying, or you're just receiving his love. And sometimes you can even do that in worship on Sunday morning. Instead of singing, just, you know, just receive his love and acknowledge his presence. Uh, Again, you can go on YouTube and find a great worship song and just put it on and and just sit in your chair, lie on the floor, and just, just receive. Receive that rest that he wants to give you. Now, there are probably other ways uh, that you can be strengthened with God, but the point is, and I'll just finish with this, you gotta be intentional about this. As intentional as you are about eating food, you gotta be intentional about feeding your soul and your spirit. We don't miss meals very often, but a lot of us are still weak because we're not feasting on the word of God and his presence and his goodness. So Father, I just pray over us this morning. Uh, God, that you might uh, shower us with supernatural strength. God, I know there are people in this room who are going through incredibly difficult time. Uh, So difficult, God, that maybe they're not even able to find strength on their own from you. And God, right now we just come together as a church, as your people, and we pray, pray strength over them right now. God, that you would give them Uh, just a supernatural ability to have a keen sense of your presence and your love in this moment. We pray strength upon them. Uh, God, for all of us, we pray that you would help us to be intentional about sticking ourselves in the charger. God, I pray we would be as intentional when it comes to feeding our soul as we are intentional about eating physical food. So God, would you create a hunger in us for you? 
And would you bless that and grow it? In Jesus' name, amen.